Amen. You may be seated, and I'd like to ask you to take God's Word with me this evening to the book of Mark and chapter number 9. Mark chapter number 9, we'll, we'll look, uh, we'll take our, our, our scripture reading from verse number uh, 33 down to verse number 37. I'm very thankful for the opportunity to speak tonight and to share God's Word with you. And uh, the passage of scripture we look at tonight, I hope is a blessing. It's about serving. And uh, I know that uh, as far as this church goes, I believe that we live in a, we, we're a part of a church where most, most all of the members are serving members. Very, very few seem to be uh, just dragging along in the background. Many people are involved in, in many different ways. We have, have people who are helping run the youth rally. We have people who are serving, uh, coming down and taking the walls off of, of the, of the marquee, or who are coming down and caring for this property. We have people who serve week after week in the Sunday school and serve in the, the sword club, who serve in the different Bible studies that happen throughout the week, that serve in the, the prayer meetings and things like that, who serve by cooking a meal every week. You know, we've, we've got a lot of servants in this church. People who have who've gone week after week, year after year, out to the city center, distributing leaflets and trying to reach the lost. And I'm thankful that we are in a church and we're a part of a church where we serve. We serve. And I think that is one of the great marks of a true Christian is that they serve. In fact, one of the marks, the greatest marks of a true Christian is that they love the brethren. And we ought to be people who serve one another, but we are also people who serve the world. And uh, we'll look into that a bit tonight. I don't mean serve the world um, and fulfilling our own fleshes, our own flesh and, and finding satisfaction in the world, but reaching the lost. And so we'll, we'll with the Lord's help tonight, I hope, I hope there's something here for you. Maybe, maybe you say, well, I serve and, and I'm, I'm not too interested. You know, I, I've, I've done this. I've done this. Uh, but, but I hope that you would, in your own heart, seek the Word of God with me tonight. Um, I know that there is more serving than I ought to do. And so let's, let's read God's Word. Mark chapter 9, verse number uh, 33 down to verse number 37. It says this, speaking of Christ, and He, that's Christ, came to Capernaum. And being in the house, He asked them, what was it? that ye disputed among yourselves by the way. And they held their peace, as, as you do when you get called out by the Son of God. They held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down and he called the twelve and saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child, and he set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name, receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. And we know the Lord will add his blessing to the reading and the hearing of his word this evening. Let's pray and ask the Lord to speak to us from the scriptures. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee. We thank Thee for Thy Word. We thank Thee even thinking of the Word of God this morning that was preached about the sword of the Spirit. Lord, we pray and ask that Thy Word 
would truly speak and truly cut into our own hearts tonight. And we pray that the Spirit of God would reveal truth and would apply the Word into our own hearts and minds. I pray that in our own hearts as we think of this idea of serving and and being servants uh, of, of God, of Thee ultimately, but also serving others, Lord, that Thou would show us specifically even tonight where we ought to serve, how we ought to go more more fully into this this piece of our Christian life, this part of our Christian life, uh, that we would serve Thee, uh, the one true and living God, Lord. Let us commit ourselves to this. Please help us now reveal truth. Help us to understand Thy Scriptures, we pray. In Jesus Christ's name, Amen. Uh, I, I like this. I like how we see the Lord Jesus Christ here with His disciples. And uh, the, the Scriptures give us many of these very intimate moments when Jesus Christ was was maybe in a house, maybe in a room, and maybe it was just a few people were with Him. Now we know uh, by this passage that it was probably most likely not just the disciples that were with Him in the house because the Scriptures tell us that He got a little child and He had that little child sit on His lap. And so unless there was just one little child who's happened to sneak into the room, I imagine that there were probably uh, there was probably at least in the room somewhere a mother, uh, or maybe it was uh, one of the children of the disciples. We don't know. But there are other people there. But this is one of those intimate moments where you can see the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, with His twelve disciples, who He ordained, who He chose, though one of them would be uh, the betrayer of Christ Himself, he, he calls them unto Himself. And He's in this house this evening. And you can almost imagine Christ there thinking through the day and recalling His disciples having a bit of a quarrel, a bit of a dispute, a bit of a maybe a, a heated conversation. It doesn't necessarily give the idea that they were arguing or yelling, but there was a, at least some tension and it was visible. It was visible. And others saw it. The Scriptures say, "Oh, and He came to Capernaum, and being in the house, He asked them. I, w- I, wonder, I wonder what questions Christ asks you. Um, we, we often pray that prayer, search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And then when He asks us a question like the one He's about to ask, we, we're a bit offended. Lord, why, why would you chasten me with that? But notice what he says to the disciples. He says, what was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? Now, the, the secular reader here, the, the agnostic or, or the one who's reading the scriptures only, only for his own, uh, personal pleasure and not for truly seeking the, the Lord would, would say, well, see that Jesus, Jesus didn't know, but we know fully well that Jesus know, and and we'll find out why because it tells us in verse number thirty four they held their peace. So Jesus Christ asks a question: What were you arguing about? And guess what? As as, as any child would do, if you ask them the same question, they don't tell you. They did not respond to Jesus, but Jesus knew. And he said, he said this, he, he, he calls them unto himself in verse number 35, and he, and he, he puts the, his finger right on it. And if any man desire to be first, 
He knew exactly what they were disputing about. It was this in verse number 34. But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. Who should be the greatest? Who is going to be of the disciples? Who should be the greatest? And I, and I imagine that this, this, now I, I'm taking a little bit of liberty here so you, you can contradict me here. And, but, but I imagine that this disputation didn't start out with Peter saying, I'm number one. I, I imagine it was, it was one of those things where, where maybe, maybe Andrew was reaching out to somebody and John said, man, Andrew, you are the greatest at reaching others. We see in the scriptures that time and time again, Andrew was bringing people to Christ. And you could imagine maybe it started that way. And he said, man, Andrew, you really have a gift. And, and Andrew said, no, 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 it's Peter who's the greatest. And you could imagine Peter maybe saying, no, no, it's the sons of thunder. They're the preachers. They can stand up and speak those deep bellowing voices. They're the greatest. And, and they'd say, no, John, you're the one. The one, the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? And you could see this disputation amongst them. I, 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 I imagine maybe they were, they were pointing at one another. But as anyone who has a friend who strokes your ego a bit, you could imagine as they went around in that way, all of their prides might have been, yeah, you know what? I am pretty good at reaching others, aren't I? Uh, you know what? I am the one who Jesus loves. Oh, we are, we are brothers and we really can preach. You can imagine that bit of pride and, and maybe some of them, uh, even on, in their own volition, saying, yeah, yeah, you notice, I, I, I really did the other day, I was having a conversation and I really did well with it, didn't I, you know? And you can see the, the tension there. It's, it's a tension that maybe even amongst themselves, they didn't realize. I wonder how many conversations, you, you think of your own conversations where maybe, maybe you compliment somebody, but even in complimenting somebody, you, you are, are hoping for something back in return, or you're feeling a bit of pride, or, or you're, you're stroking your own ego in all of that. We've all been there. I would, I would be dishonest to say that I haven't complimented somebody hoping for a compliment in return. We do that. Why? Because we're prideful and we want to be the greatest. In fact, we live in a world today that is consumed with being the greatest. The greatest footballer. The greatest prime minister, right? We, we just had the... No, no, I'm just kidding. We, we, the greatest singer. The greatest musician. The, the greatest preacher. Uh, what, what young man doesn't want to be the greatest preacher? I like to consider myself young, but what person doesn't want to be someone who, who someday reaches millions and millions like the Wesley brothers or, or Whitfield or, or who, who doesn't uh, become the, the father of modern missions, William Carey, right? Who, who doesn't want to be one of these great figures in history? Someone, uh, you know, who, who totally changes the world. We all desire that. And maybe, maybe your desire of greatness is, is probably not the same as my desire. Maybe you want to be the greatest uh, technician of some sort, the greatest engineer, the greatest uh, designer. I, I don't know what you want to be great at. Maybe you just want to be a, a great friend. I don't know. But in our hearts, 
Mankind is prone to pride. And I think it's something that, that it is safe to say we all struggle with. It comes in lots of different forms and lots of different uh, packages. Sometimes it call, comes in false humility. Sometimes it comes in an arrogance. Sometimes it comes in uh, 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 rudeness to oneself, thinking, oh, well, I'm so low. That, that in of itself is a form of pride. And this pride rears its, rears its ugly head in our lives time and time again. And you can see Jesus Christ here coming to them and, and pinning them down on this idea, hey men, my disciples, what? You're, you're at fault here. You're disputing amongst yourself who is going to be the greatest. You know, you think maybe they're the greatest because they have a better schedule, a better ministry, a better job, better looks, a better house, a better car. What makes someone great? What makes someone great? Let's see what the Lord Jesus Christ says. He, he's going to, he's going to put his finger right on it. And he, he says this in verse number 35. The word of God says, let me start in verse 34, but they held their peace. For by the way, they disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. They, you, know, you know who this reminds me of? Sorry, another note here. is uh, In th 3 John, it talks about a man by the name of Diotrephes. You probably know that name. The one who loveth to have the preeminence. The one who wants to be in the front. I wonder if that's you. And that's a bit awkward saying that as I'm standing here in the front right now. But you know what I'm saying. Are, are you, are you a person who desires that position, that role, that authority? That was who Diotrephes was. And, and can I tell you, John, John was not alright with that. That was a serious issue. And so the scriptures tell us that Jesus Christ in verse number 35, and he sat down. I love that. It's almost as if he knows it's gonna take a while. This is gonna be a long conversation. He sits down, and he called the twelve, and he says unto them, now notice, notice these words. Notice these words that Jesus Christ says. These are words that go totally against our culture, totally against the world we live in. These are words that stand in contradiction to what Twitter, to what Facebook, to what Snapchat, to what WhatsApp, to what TikTok has to say, to what YouTube has to say, to what our world has to say. These words are totally a different philosophy, you could say. But these are true words. These are enduring words. Notice what it says. If any man desire to be first. Now, pause there for a second. In your own heart, do you find yourself in that verse? If any man desire, if any woman desire to be first, can you find yourself there? Now, here come the words of Christ, the advice of Christ. The same shall be last of all and servant of all. You know what Jesus Christ's advice is? Serve. You, you want to be the greatest. You want to be the one at the top of the pyramid. Can I tell you the key? Serve. Serve. Be servant of all. These are words that are very simple. They're simple for me to say. They're simple for us to understand. Serve. We, we go to a restaurant. We sit down. We order our meal because somebody comes and serves us. Then they come and bring us drinks. They bring us something to eat. We understand the idea of service. 
We, we go to, to get our car washed and we want a good service. We want the servants there to do the job for us. We understand what a servant does, but here Jesus Christ tells us that we, if we are going to be great, if we are going to be first, then we must be servant of all. We must be last of all. Another way that Jesus Christ says this, and He doesn't say it in these exact words, but in Matthew 22.39, He says this, He says, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And in another place, He says this, in Matthew 16.24, He says this, If any man will come after Me, let him deny himself. Can I tell you, you can't, you can't serve someone else if you're consumed with serving yourself. If you're consumed with your own pride, with your own progress, with your own popularity, then you are serving yourself and you're not serving others. This is, this is one of the, the greatest issues in our world today. Think, think about it. You say, well, maybe not in this church, maybe not in my life. And I hope that's not, not, not so. I hope that none of us would be people who are, who are so self-consumed that, that we can't help a brother as the Scriptures tell us to bear one another's burdens. As the Scriptures tell us to, to love thy neighbor as ourself. As, as we, I hope we wouldn't be those people. But if we're honest, most of our world is consumed with serving themselves. They can serve their, they, they serve their lust. They serve their pleasures. They serve their greed. If, if the world wants something, they go and get it. Most people work so they can make money to feed their bellies. And I, I mean that in the sense to fulfill their lusts and passions and desires that this world has to offer. They earn money so they can buy drugs, so they can buy a drink, so that they can whatever, it, carry on, buy bigger cars and bigger houses. And their whole life is concerned, all of their money, all of their time, all of their effort is concerned with building up themselves. That's pride. And every single one of us has a natural inclination towards that. The, the truth is, is we naturally think better of ourselves than we ought to. Naturally, we think, and, and, and I'm probably this way, I, I'm definitely this way, I think, you know what, I'm alright. I'm not one of the prideful people I just described. But we all fall prey to it. The servant is the one, though, in the words of Christ, who is greatest. The one who learns to love people. The one who cares for people. The one who serves people. You think of the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. Who was the servant? Who was the true neighbor? The one that was loving? It wasn't, it wasn't the Pharisee. It wasn't the religious leader. It wasn't the, the person of the same, of the same tribe and kindred. No, it was, it was the foreign man, the Samaritan, the one who was despised and rejected, who went over and helped his brother. Why? Because he was a servant. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your upbringing is. It doesn't matter what your background is. If, if you think that you are too high and mighty, or if I think that I am too high and mighty to serve someone else, then we're falling into this trap of pride of thinking who should be the greatest. But that one that should be the greatest is the one that would learn to serve others and not just ourselves. 
You think of, of Jesus Christ, the, the very first miracle He did. What was it? Does anybody remember? In John chapter 2, Jesus Christ performs His very first miracle. The water to wine. The Scriptures say this, In the third day, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And both Jesus was called and His disciples to the marriage. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus saith unto Him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. His mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto thee, unto you, do it. Do it. You know what service is? It's doing what God has asked you to do. Do it. The, 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 one of our greatest issues, my greatest issues, is I hear God asking, but I don't do it. I know that God has, has commanded me to take the gospel message to the uttermost, but I don't do it. I know that God has uh, required of me that I would study to show myself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but I don't do it. Uh, the, the Scriptures tell me to love the brethren, but I don't do it. You know what service it is? Service is it's doing what God has required of you. And if you're here under this marquee tonight, God has something that He requires of you. He does. He has something for your life. He has something He wants to do with you. I wonder, are you listening to Him and are you doing it? And as I said earlier, I, I believe that many of the people here tonight and in our church are doers. They are people who do serve. And I praise the Lord for that. But if He puts something on your heart, then do it. Do it. Hear the words of Jesus. Can I tell you, if, if Christ, Christ is not going to speak to you if you don't learn to listen to Him, or, or maybe, and pardon me, He is speaking to you, but many of us struggle to listen to Him. Those subtle promptings, those subtle whispers where the Spirit of God speaks and guides, and yet so often we don't listen. Do it. Serving, serving often, you know, at first seems nice. I remember when I started working at Chick-fil-A and it was, it was in the morning, things were nice and slow and they were teaching me how to use the fryer and how to put the chicken down and all those things were very nice. I was like, man, I'm pretty good at this. I can do this. And then lunchtime came and chaos ensued. And there was, there was people orders on the screen. The screen was turning from green to yellow to, to red to darker red, uh, meaning that I was failing. The, there was chicken going every which way. Can I tell you, I was, I was trying to serve people food, but guess what? It got hard. It got sweaty. It gets, it gets your hands dirty. It takes time. It takes effort. It's not an easy thing. At times serving gets challenging. We, we, we like serving at first and many a new Christians come to the church and they, they want to get involved or many new people come to the church and they want to get involved. But after the first couple months or first couple years, they're like, man, you, you guys don't let up. You're, you're still going. When, when is the break? When do we get the weekend off? When do we not have to keep going? Because there's a, 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 a passion and a desire to serve. It gets hard. Serving's not always easy. Long hours, late nights, little pay. Serving others often costs you something. You think of, of uh, Ephesians chapter 6, I think is a, a good passage when you, when you think about this. Ephesians chapter 6, 
is a passage when it comes to service that must be considered where, where exactly does it belong in this sermon? I'm not exactly sure, but here it is. Ephesians 6. The Lord Jesus Christ, I'm sorry, the Apostle Paul, through the inspiration of the Spirit, has, has written these words to the church in Ephesus, and he's just gone through uh, what a husband ought to do and what a wife ought to do. He's gone through what children ought to do and what fathers ought to do. And now in verse number 5 of chapter 6, he comes to how servants ought to live. Now, he's specifically speaking to an earthly servant serving an earthly master, um, which most of us have that are in that kind of a role. We many of us work for someone else. Somebody, many of us might work for ourselves, but a lot of us serve someone else. Notice what he says: "Servants, be obedient unto them that are your masters, according to the flesh, with fear and trembling, and singleness of your hearts." And then notice this: "As unto Christ." Verse number six, not with eye service as men pleasers, not, not just when they come around to, to look good, not to, just to stroke the ego of the authority, but as men pleasers, but what's it say? But as the servants of Christ doing the will of God. You know, your, your service and your, your earthly job, your profession, whatever you do, whether that's working a grocery till or, or, or whether that's uh, being an engineer, whether that's doing electrical work, whether that's building, uh, or, or, or cooking, or whatever your job is, you and I ought to do it as servants of Christ. So in other words, we serve others, but as we serve others, even in the church or, 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 or in, the, in the, the world, as we serve, it's as unto Christ. It's not, it's not for ourselves. See, often we, we serve, sadly, we, we, most of us when we serve, we don't serve as unto our authority, we serve as unto ourselves. I, I'm willing to serve that authority because he's going to write me uh, a big paycheck at the, end of the, uh, at the end of the week. I'm willing to serve that authority, and when he comes around, I want to look good because I, I might benefit from that. As servants of Christ, doing the will, look at that, doing the will of God. And then it says those words, from the heart. We, we can serve with our hands, but I wonder, do you serve with your heart? The scriptures say that God loves a cheerful giver. Do you, as you serve, whether, whether that's at a large factory or at a, a small place, as you serve, is it as unto the Lord? Notice this verse number seven, with goodwill, doing service, as to the Lord and not to men. Now, that's bewildering to me because in verse 5 through 7, it's about servants and, he, and he, according to the flesh. In other words, earthly servants serving earthly masters. He speaks very little about how you serve your earthly master. And he says that all your service on this earth ought to be to the Lord. This is, this is Christianity lived out in our daily lives. Now, I, I, I'm a full-time minister. Of course, what I'm doing is supposed to be unto the Lord. But, but the majority of the people here tonight aren't ministers. But every day you're serving others. Can I tell you, and I, can I ask you, are you doing it unto the Lord? Is your service, is your workplace what you do? Is your husbands as you serve your wife, wives as you serve your husbands, parents as you serve your children, is it as unto the Lord? Are you serving in that way? The Lord calls us to this. The Lord calls us to this. It's ought to be for Him. He loves that a cheerful giver. Now, now 
This brings me to the second thing that Christ says here. Verse number 35, And he sat down, and he called the twelve, and he saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. Okay, we can serve. I'm happy to serve. How many of you are happy to serve tonight? Okay, okay, a good, a good. Many of you, except for a few of you, a few of the lads in the back there. No, I'm just kidding. You say, I'm happy, I'm happy to give myself to serving the Lord. But notice this. The, the Lord Jesus Christ takes it farther. Remember, he's seated in verse 35. Verse 36, he says, and he took a child and he set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children, and my name receiveth me, and whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. For the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not only important that you serve, but it's important who you serve. It's not only important that you are a person who serves, but it is important who you serve. See, if, if, the, if the queen were to call tonight and to say, hey, Seth, I need somebody to come give me a lift to church. And I were to come to the marquee and say, is there anybody who would give the queen a lift? I think that most all of us would be willing to go get the queen. Why she would ask us, I have no clue, but we would be willing. We would be ready and, and, and we would want to go and get her and bring her to church. Why? Because she is a great, great queen. I'd love to serve the queen. I'd love to help her. Can I say, take it a little step farther, if Pastor Moreland were to call you tonight, and ask you to do something. I, I, I suppose I would, I, I think that most of you would be willing to do it for Pastor Moreland. But what if, what if it was just a little child? Maybe a little child you've never met. One of the little children just d down the road lives in a rough home, kind of stinks a bit. Uh, he doesn't, doesn't shower regularly. He, he, he's not a great Great chap. He's very disobedient. He, he's out of control every time you see him. If somebody said, hey, do you mind to run? Oh, and by the way, he's an hour away. How many of you would be willing to go pick him up? See, see, we're willing to serve somebody who is a great authority. But we often struggle if, if it's somebody who seems insignificant to us. The children are insignificant. The, the homeless are insignificant. That, that crazy guy who seems to have the mental problem, uh, the crazy lady with the pink hair, nobody has pink hair, seems to be insignificant. We, we're happy to push them aside. But I wonder, I wonder if you with the Lord Jesus Christ, see, see the reality is the reason we would be willing to serve that little child is because as we receive that child, the Scripture says we are serving the greatest authority the world has ever known. Greater than our queen. Greater than our pastor. We, As we serve a little neglected child, as we serve a broken homeless man, as we help the, the crazy lady who, who, who doesn't know what is the difference between left and right, up or down, as we serve them, we are serving the great King of kings and Lord of lords. As unto Christ, Ephesians 6 said, right? As unto the Lord. 
I wonder if you are a person who serves the rejected, the downcast, the burdensome, the insignificance of this world. I wonder what kind of servant are you? You know, the Lord Jesus Christ loves those kind of people. He loves children. If you don't believe me, then maybe you haven't read this book. He, he loves, he loves those who are unlovable. If you, if you don't believe me, go read about how he went to Zacchaeus, the guy who everyone despised because he was stealing from them. But Jesus Christ loved him. Think about how Jesus Christ, uh, comes to the broken and the maimed and the halt and he loves them. He looks upon the multitudes and he's moved with compassion. He loves them. And guess what? He serves them. He serves them. Our service to others is directly connected to our service to God. And if, if we don't understand that, then we're only going to serve others who benefit us, which means we're only really serving ourselves. But Christ calls us to be servants of all. There's a great need to receive those of this world that are rejected. And, and it's those, like a child. He, he uses a child specifically. A child can't pay you back for a lift. A child can't, can't give you anything in exchange for a meal that you give them. A little child often forgets to say thank you. A little child often takes things for granted. And you, you serve a little child, you serve someone who is downcast, and oftentimes you're the one who is left wanting. You're giving of yourself. But these are the type of people that Christ calls us, that He commands us to serve. This is it. I think this is why one of the greatest things on planet earth is motherhood. Fatherhood. When a, when a woman gives her life to serving children, think of that. This is, this is these verses in application. Uh, as, as a mother. And, and if you don't believe me, how many of you love your mothers to death? Yeah. If you don't believe me that, that one of the, the greatest things on earth, one of the greatest roles that a human being can have is, is that, that role as a mother, caring for children, serving children as Christ calls his disciples to do. Then maybe you've forgotten your own mother. Now, I, granted, not all mothers are perfect. Not all fathers are perfect. But a, a mother or a father giving their lives to raise children changes a life. Jesus Christ loves children. He loves children. And He loves people. He, loves, he says, go to the highways and to the hedges and compel them to come in. Go get the blind and the maimed. Jesus Christ didn't come to, to, to heal the sick or to heal the, the healthy. He came to heal the sick. He came to heal those that were, were lacking, those that were in need, those that were imperfect. If Jesus Christ was willing to serve them, so ought we. So ought we. I think uh, a great example of a servant was Mrs. Tomlinson. We just talked about her. As she served, and, and she, she really started serving in, in her later years of life. She didn't really start certain. Now she did serve in her younger years, but she really gave her all in her seventies 
in her 80s. She was she was laboring. And, and if you were at camp this week, you know she she made uh, pr- probably between the two weeks, she probably made a hundred pans of apple cobbler or uh, apple crumble. Sorry for everyone. Why? She served. And you say that's a, she's making food. Yeah. And guess who she was serving? Children. What a great example. Many of you are that way. Could I tell you there's a greater example than, than her? There's a greater example than can be found in this room tonight. Go with me to John chapter 13. We have a pastor who serves. That's why many of you would be so willing to serve him because he serves you. He serves by visiting your home. He serves you when the loss of a loved one. He, he drives hours to visit people. He sits after services for hours serving people. He's a great servant. And praise the Lord for him. But there's a greater servant than him. And it's found here in John 13. And, and you already know who it is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse number, chapter 13, verse number 2. And supper being ended, the devil having now put on the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to portray him, Jesus knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and went to God. He riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and he girded himself. After that, he poureth water into a basin and he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Now, I think many here tonight might, might struggle to wash their spouse's feet, let alone to wash 12 stinky fishermen, tax collectors' feet. But Jesus Christ, now it was more custom in that day, granted, but Jesus Christ gets a towel, He gets a basin of water, and He gets on His knees, and He washes the disciples' feet. He serves them. He serves them. And then it says this in verse, verse number 12, So after he'd washed their feet and had taken their garments, he was set down again and he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, so also ought, so ye also ought to wash one another's feet. Now, you gotta remember, this is, one of the last things that Christ is doing with His disciples before He died. The next thing He's going to do, He's going to sing. He's going to give a, 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 a great teaching lesson on the vine. He's going to go pray. And then He's going to go die. But one of the last things He does is He serves His disciples. He washes their feet. And He says that, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater he than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if you do them. Remember, he, Jesus' mother said to the servants uh, when he turned the water to the wine, do it. I wonder if you and I would be servants who do what God has called us to do. If we would be people who serve the brethren. I, I don't know what that looks like. So, some of you are great cooks and you serve in that way. Some of you are great cooks and you haven't even allowed us to know that you can cook well. Hey, go after it. 
Do something. Serve. Some of you can, can fix a car. Serve. Some of you can, can, uh, Help on the field. You can run a scrimmer. You can shovel. You can rake. Well, serve. Some of, some of the young people here tonight, I, I tell you this, some of the older people here tonight will never be great because you never learned to serve. That's what Christ said. Now, the goal, I, I'm not saying the goal is to be great, but, but Christ says, if you desire to be first, then learn to serve. And if you do that, in John 13 it says, happy are you. Can I tell you there's a joy in serving Jesus? No, no, don't get consumed with service towards the people. Remember that your service is as unto the Lord. It's to Christ. It's to Him. And Christ goes even farther. Sure, washing the disciples' feet was great, but Christ did a far greater service even than that. And the way He served you and I, and paying a price that you and I couldn't pay, and paying an eternal life sentence that you and I, I hope, would not want to pay. Jesus Christ served you by paying it on your behalf. He gave His life. He died and He took upon Himself your sin and my sin. And He served you. What an example. It's, it's really, if you think about it, in light of that, in, in light of the fact that Jesus Christ has given you eternal life. He served you in that way. He paid the pr price for your crimes, for my crimes, for our sins. He did the work. It really isn't that much that we might have to drive an hour to go get a stinky, sweaty, disobedient young boy and bring him to church, is it? That's a simple example. It isn't that that much of a, a request that God would ask us to do the things that we do. I wonder, are you a servant? Do you serve? And who are you serving? Our service, I, I think if you, if you read this passage, it says this, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. Can I tell you, this is a, a mark of your Christianity. If, if you're not serving, then you're missing this mark. You, you ought to bear this mark. You and I ought to, because it's a, if you receive children, then you are receiving Christ. If you've received Christ, then you and I ought to be willing to receive children. We ought to be willing to serve. It's, it's not just that we serve, but it's who we serve. And I wonder tonight, who are you serving? If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. Let's pray. Father, we thank Thee that Jesus Christ has served us and given His life a ransom for many. We thank Thee that many of us, most of us here tonight, know that that service that He did on the cross, we've accepted it and it is ours. We, we've accepted the, the gift of eternal salvation but Lord, teach us to serve. Teach us to be men and women who serve. Maybe that service is on our knees in prayers. Maybe it's in a bed in prayers. I don't know. Show us how we ought to serve. Put your finger on it tonight. And let us be people who serve all. We pray these things in the Lord Jesus Christ's name.